Hey, you guys, this week on the podcast, we're talking to local Sydney producer, Jay Thrill. Jay Thrill, also known as James Field, has been writing rhymes and making beats since his early days growing up in the nation's capital. Um, yeah, really interesting conversation, this one, guys. We, we really touch on everything from, you know, the local Sydney hip-hop scene to technology to rugby to, you know, how Jay Thrill project came about and, you know, what's in store and, you know, what you guys have got to look forward to, so... Yeah, as I said, really, really enjoyable conversation. Um, so, yeah, listen in and like, subscribe. You know the drill. Sweet. Catch up. Hey, what's up? It's Ryan Jones, your host, and you are tuned into the People Pod. Let's do it. James. How are you, mate? <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> Fuck, is the saying. How long has it been since I've seen you? Probably an easy couple of years. Good Two, couple of years, years eh? Days on the beers. Fuck. Wasn't that oh, a good time? Man. <laughs> Wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> I know. Are you still playing? Uh, first year off this year. Yeah? That's in, a, year. that's in a while. Since since I started when I was six. Fuck. Because you're, you're, you're originally Canberra. Canberra boy, yeah. Fuck. Well, originally Jindabyne and then Canberra. Or with the snow, yeah. You much of a, a border? Go pretty ham. Yeah, right. <laughs> I go all right. I go all right. But I had to get out of that cold life. Fuck, it's yeah. pretty fucking cold now. It's this is like an autumn day in Canberra. Dead set. Um, so James, first of all, welcome to the People Pod, man. It's a pleasure to see you. It's been a minute, but um, yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about yourself, Jay Thrill? Yeah, so as far as music for me, um, even since I was a kid, when I was a you know teenager, always used to spit bars. Yeah, hang out with people that were all you know into that sort of scene, and I've always loved it. Like yeah, it's always been my main genre. Yeah, the thing that I listen to, the thing that I take inspiration from, the things that like you know, things that you don't learn from your mum and dad. Yeah, that, that someone that's been through something can teach you through music. Yeah, I sort of learned that at a young age. That sort of kicked in my love for hip hop. That that I think you summed it up. Yeah, like, uh, and I think you know, music's been the exact same sort of thing for me. It's been able to give me, yeah, an, an avenue to learn things which I, which I wouldn't normally be exposed to. Yeah. Um, so Jay Thrill, the project. Uh, wh- how long? How long's that been up and running for? Man, I've. Is been it an alter ego? What's the go? Like, what's nah, <laughs> it's just like JT is my first. So my name's James Taylor. Yeah. My mum calls me JT. Yeah. So I just wanted to incorporate something like that. Something that's, I don't know, not out of the blue, like old Rusta or some yep. rap name. I wanted to actually have a bit of meaning. Bit of meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so so when when did things kick off? Like when did you just decide? Tell me the moment where you went, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be creative, I'm gonna produce some stuff, I'm gonna let some yeah. things out. Well man, like since I was about 16, I always used to write bars at, at school, mm. like all the time, all the time. Used to love it. And th- and this is, so we're going, this is going back. It's going back to like high school. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what, fuck, like <laughs> the shit that I listen to, I want to do that for someone else. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And I feel like um, through, through art and music, you can, you can share your story in a way that can be taken in from someone that would never even talk to you. And interpret it in interpret a different way exactly as well. Exactly right, exactly right. So, I, like, I was always a kid writing down bars, always really loved it. And then one of my mates, older brothers, 
showed me like producing and stuff yeah. showed me like a little bit about it and i was like Fuck, man like one day i really want to do that i really want to make my own music completely like from, so it was from always, scratch it was always a goal it was always a, a goal yeah. from when i was a kid man very when i'm very 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 young just because like growing up sometimes i got in a lot of trouble and music was like the only sort of thing that i could connect with yeah so having that experience having nothing but positive for music i was like Fuck, that's something i want to do you know yeah. what i mean because so. it was, um, yeah, I have to say, it kind of come out of the blue when I saw, when I saw you started to do it, and I was like, obviously, we we knew each other from playing ball, and then, um, and I, I never knew, you know, we yeah, we used to fuck around in the change rooms, listen to tunes and all the rest of it, but I never knew you were sort of fully into it. Is it? Do you think it's sort of something that's come out in the last sort of couple of years, like the confidence to confidence, be able to do it? Hundred percent. Like I always was always wanting to make music. Yeah. Always wanted to be artistic, but I felt like in the system that I was in rugby. In the jock being the big white it's guy. It's fully like it's that, impossible. eh? Fucking it's impossible. It's so hard to be something else, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, it all has always killed me from when Absolutely. I was a kid. Just to be embarrassed to be, like, into something, you or know what I mean? different, right? Exactly. Fuck, you, I think you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, man. So, I think, um, yeah, that's it. I think, and that's a good thing, I think, you know, especially this day and age, I think it's definitely changing. You know, like especially when we were sort of playing rugby, and I actually spoke about this to a mate the other week. It was, you know, you get in the change room, and especially all those older boys, they're giving you a hard time. You know, you've got yeah. to earn their respect, and which which I'm still all, all, all good about. But like, you know, as soon as you sort of step out and do something different, you're getting hammered for it. Yeah, hundred percent. So, where did it all begin? Like, just in your bedroom? Like, yeah. Well, the evolution of J Thrill it started. I was like, I wanted to be a DJ. I just wanted to do something in music. Yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, like I was about 20 and I was like, fuck, you know, it'd be mad to be a DJ and play at the clubs that we all get munted at every weekend. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it was always like a, a vision of something. Something it's been was building for a long time. Yeah. So I did DJ for a bit, DJ, DJ. I had to learn a little bit of producing and realise that like, <laughs> I'm about to throw some shade at some DJs. Like it's fuck, it's not fulfilling, man. Like you're yeah. not making your own music. Yeah. Like if you're a producer, DJ, different story. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But. You know, what, what, what I was doing was just getting songs and mixing them together. Yeah. But I, I always just Didn't like, feel like you're... No, nah, nah, you, yeah. not at all. It was never like anything that I was vibing, anything that I wanted to make. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you do something artistic, you make something from nothing. Yeah, yeah. So like the the good feeling that you get from that. It's like painting the Mona Lisa. Man. It's never going to be the real thing, is that's it? That's it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to have a hands-on experience with music, so... Ended up picking up a guitar. So I picked up a guitar at 20. I'm actually still pretty shit at playing it right now. Fuck, hey, the hardest part's picking it up, man. man you did that. Yeah, look, that's, what I mean. that's been sitting in the fucking corner for so long. <laughs> right, you could get into it. It's actually fucking <laughs> yeah. good. But yeah, I started playing guitar. I started getting better at that. Picked up that really quick. And yeah. I was like, fuck. I've got a knack for this. Like, shit. Because I always had a really good ear. Yeah. So I could always hear what, like, people always like my taste in music. So I always thought maybe fuck, maybe I actually do have a good ear. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to invest in something. Spent you know a grand on a setup. Started with a beat pad, you know, like because what I love about hip hop is the OG producers were making from fucking we're vinyls. talking like nineties, <laughs> yeah, late eighties, early nineties. Just 90s. doing a vinyl, <laughs> flip the sample, and then yeah. just hit the beat pad and <laughs> make, make a beat, bro. Like <laughs> watching videos of them doing that shit is just like that's what I do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do in my spare time. So yeah. I picked that up, started progressing. Now I got a keyboard. 
know, I've got a booth in my house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it and just progresses. It. it just And it doesn't happen overnight, right? You got you gotta nah. build and, and and anybody, you know, talking to sort of anyone that's thinking about getting into music or ac- absolutely you know, anything, it's gonna build over time and like everything, it's gonna take time. So hundred percent. I mean you know, taking back subconsciously, you probably made the decision that you wanted to do it as a fourteen-year-old writing rhymes in yeah. your book. And you know, what are we? We're going on what 14, 15 years now. Ten years, yeah. Ten, what? Well, no, no, fourteen years. Yeah, what a, yeah, bro. We're old now. <laughs> I'm so sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a progression, and um, I mean, do you see yourself slowing down? I mean, it's probably just beginning. It's, it's ramping up. Yeah, like right now, it's 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 seriously ramping up. I'm starting to collaborate with different people. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where I can actually mix and master my sound. So it's so easy you're to doing make it all yourself. Trying to, yeah, yeah, trying to just so that like I don't know, like put it in the in the picture of rugby, right? Yeah. So for me, growing up, I felt like by the time I was twenty. I couldn't learn anything more of rugby, right? Yeah. So then after that, I had those base skills. Yeah. I'd figured it out. I'd worked hundreds of thousands of hours passing, kicking, this, yeah. that. And then after 20, it was sort of whatever game I play is depicted on the coach and what direction he wants he my wants role to, to be. Yeah, that's a good way to look at so it. So I was always a ball player, someone that liked to play 10. Yeah. But I just grew out of that. And got told to run straight. I just got told people. to run straight. And it's just like it was so against what... I've always wanted in a rugby game. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, mate, I think, you know, especially for me as well, I think uh, growing up and playing rugby, rugby was probably that creative outlet that I was using to, yeah. to, to, to be, yeah, to be creative. And then I suppose as I got older, very much the same as you, you know, different coaches, you get sort of hindered about how you should play. So you couldn't really go out and do what you wanted to do. No. Um, so, yeah, I can, mate, I can totally agree with you on that. Every time I stepped on the field, I looked at it as, like, as weird as this may sound. Like I was going to entertain the people that come to watch me. Yeah, so that doesn't sound weird. It was like either you know be edgy, yeah, push and shove, whatever, say what I don't, put the big hand on, and then I, you know, like, that's sort of the reason thing that's going wrong with rugby is they're forgetting the fact that it's an entertainment sport, yeah. and they're going away from things that draw people to it. To it. Well, you just have to look at the bloody crowds. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's not entertaining anymore. Yeah. Because they've, they've pushed away from the things that make it entertaining. I mean, you look at you look at Australian rugby in like the late 90, early early oh, 90s. Was like, never. mate, Australian rugby was the best attacking <laughs> rugby. Like left the All Blacks for dead. Yeah. That was, and then all of and a sudden. And All Blacks weren't shit either. They were fucking good no, at that time no as well. No way. Um, yeah, I suppose that it. Back in 2003, you know, Eddie Jones at World Cup, Australia made the finals here, and then it's kind of just gone downhill from yeah. then. And I think that's, yeah, you're right. It's just been put – they can't be creative. They can't that's They can't it. do their own thing. They've been that's controlled. It. You got someone like Curtly Beal, who could have been the best player to ever play rugby, get coached out of being sporadic and – Well, he's 30 – what is he, 31 or something, 30 something like that? Now, yeah. He's going overseas. Yeah. He's throwing the towel in. Do you blame him? Not no. at all. Not at all. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like old heads in rugby are always like, oh, money and professionalism has ruined the game. But that's not true because we've played at the top level underneath super rugby, right? Yeah. The only thing that ruins it is when some people are getting paid and others aren't. Massively. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like, well, why is he getting that? And exactly. I'm not, yeah. And it's like, how can you expect people to put their body on the line week in, week out, break their leg, whatever? Yeah. For nothing. Yeah. 
Massively. Do you know what I mean? Like some of my Did leg you break your leg? No. No, I was going to no, say. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> you want to talk about that? You want to get no. some shit off your chest? No, no, no. I love rugby. Yeah. I always love rugby. Yeah. yeah. It was a good part of my life. Kept me out of trouble. Yeah. Oh, but massively, yeah. Onwards and upwards, it's, you know. Well, look, I mean, I suppose... I suppose, in a way, it's kind of led you to to doing this, like to to J Thrill. You know, um, it's probably giving you a bit more time to focus on music, and it, it seems like that's that's what you want to be doing right now. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the only regret I have is not doing it earlier. Well, I mean, you, you can we can sit here and talk about regret yeah, exactly. for as long as we fucking yeah, exactly. want, right? But you know, the, the fact is that you're doing it now, and man, props to you. Um, so, so a little while ago, you. Well, it was news to me. You actually started this this the concert. You know, you kicked it off like the show. Like I, I, I thought you were just sort of on the bill, but yeah, it was all you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> in saying that, like I was like starting to make music, starting to put it out, and I was yeah. like, I'm I'm not gonna wait to be asked to go on a gig, yeah. and earn two fifty, yeah, this that whatever. I'm gonna do what we did, and I learned this from uh, on our USA tour. We booked out a place. It's called Max Watts, which yep. is like where big yeah, yeah I remember play. that. Shout out to Frolls, big man behind that. <laughs> so we organised <laughs> yeah. that, and I was like, "Fuck, man! It only it only takes a couple of grand to get like a venue, everything, a venue, yeah. security, bar, like it's all reachable." Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like in the music industry, people don't really have that business savvy mind to think, "Fuck, I can do this myself." Yeah. We live in a day and age where everything is accessible. You can email the front office of anything. I think that's probably a lot because pe- people just put automatically put in the two hard basket, right? Hundred percent. Like they just go, oh mate, if, if um, you, you see a concert and you go to it and you're like, oh, you know, I couldn't do that. And you're like, there's way too much work. But so what you're saying, the reality of it is, it's not. It's not. It's doable. Yeah. It's definitely doable, and I can definitely see myself curating another night on on the night that we played i basically i didn't do that much like lucy the girl that did it with me yeah from yuma x she she did basically everything yeah but you know i'll cc'd in the emails if that means anything yeah man copy you in yeah but no it just shows like we rely on other people too much i think certain people rely on other people yeah yeah well, I just mean like even even you you doing this like yep. if you create your own media, then you then you get to choose what gets to air. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like when when you're in a controlled environment, say like media or TV. Yeah, there's there's too many parameters for you to be able to speak truth. Yeah, like Dude, you're preaching to the choir here. I've been there and done that. You know, man, I, I saw it <laughs> yeah. and it was hard to watch. Yeah, man. it was hard to watch. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, this day and age, like if, if there's anything, we should control our media. Yeah. Like things that w- we want to aspire to be, don't let someone else talk about you. Oh, no way. No way. And that's what, that's, that's what I love, you know, especially, and, and I think a lot of people are starting to clue on to that now. 100%. And, and realising that they've actually got the power to be able to, just within their network, draw, draw a crowd, you know. like That's right. And instead of relying on these big companies who really don't really give a fuck and they're only going to play what you want so they can put their advertisement in it. That's the thing. Like, what you got to understand is with media, like, it's only money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, these big corporations are jumping on these fucking political arguments just just so that, like, their customers are happy. Yeah. 
but like you know, like anything switches, they're gone. It's a, it's a, it's a business. They don't give a fuck, no. man. They're never gonna give a fuck. No. And that's the thing. That's what you gotta understand is like, if you realize that it's all about the paper, then get a little bit and do and do, do something it. with yourself with a little bit of paper and figure out how to do it yourself. Totally, totally um, agree with you. I mean, having um, say say we get ten listeners on this, right? It's better than what what we had yesterday, which we had none. Yeah. Or you, and it's people that are genuinely coming, you know, to say to listen to you rather than you put it on a radio and hope that maybe one out of a hundred listeners will, <sighs> will will get something out of it. Well, the thing is, like, for, as as someone that's putting yourself out there, if you're pleasing everyone, yeah, you're not being yourself. Exactly. You can't be yourself and be comfortable in what you believe in yep. and have everyone believe the same thing because, yeah. it, like, the world's so vast. Everyone's so different. Diverse, man. That's what I love about it, yeah. Same, man. I love it as well. Like, all my friends, sure, you know, they're diverse in skin colour, but what's the most important part about diversity is diversity in mindset because irrelevant of what your skin colour is, if you think the same way, you'll act the same way. If you surround yourself with different people, you can get different point of views. Yeah, that will it'll open your eyes to something that you would never have the on mind to see. And that's the thing, and you've got to, I think, especially in this day and age, I think a lot of people are now training themselves to go into meeting people with an open mind rather than a preconception of what that person may be, um, pending on you know what I mean with skin color or background or where yeah. they came from or, or how much money they have. So I th- I think there's definitely a a change in the way people are living now. A hundred percent. And thinking. And it's so good. It's taken a long time. It's so goddamn good, man. Um, so, so yeah, the concert. Um, so where'd you have it at? I had it at Max Watts. You had it at Max Watts. Same thing. So I just organised a few. few. I got a rapper down from Canberra, Jimmy Pike, shout out. Um, got B-side click from, from Eastern Suburbs here because I, I just think, you know, like East Eastern suburbs don't really have anyone rep in the area, so yeah. I want to start that because, like, bro, like, I'm sure you've been to a few Eastern suburbs parties. And <laughs> I do, yeah. bro. Let me tell you this: <laughs> you Westies have no idea. <laughs> let me tell you that. <gasps> Fucking oath, man! If so I spot the ugly girl, you'll be sitting there all night. <laughs> there's not a single one. So you think there's a? So I mean, and, and you're talking to somebody that I mean, listen, I I grew up on sort of Aussie hip-hop, you know. I mean, I'm talking, um, you know, your Bliss and Esso, your, um, your Hilltops, obviously. Um, even probably early days, Illy, I'm a big yeah, fan yeah. of Illy. You know, long, long story short, you know. Um, so, yeah, that that's – and that's probably where my sort of Aussie hip-hop um, died yeah. is with those guys. And Mainly I sort of Melbourne scene, yeah. Definitely, Maybe, I think it was yeah. huge. Uh, um, Hilltop, Adelaide Hills. Yeah. I think Bliss and Esso are Sydney boys. I think, or yeah, maybe, uh, you know, even like one of them is one Fundamentals. Of them is from, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they're from Sydney. I think, yeah, yeah, Blue Mountain, maybe. Um, so you know, this is this is kind of what I was listening to, and then obviously drifted drifted off and sort of lost my touch with yeah. it. So I suppose what you're, I mean, we, when we talk sort of Western Sydney, there's big big things going on out oh, there. Massive, um, killing it. Absolutely killing it. And then you come to the eastern suburbs, and what there's just you, th- you think there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's literally nothing. Like there's 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 people from Maroubra. There's people from east. There's people. There's a lot of hip hop heads that would come and to a show. Talented, talented, yeah. dude. But just don't have the markability 
to make it in the mainstream. But really, like, all it is... Because no one takes them seriously? Because they... Nah, it's just, like, the environment that they're in, they're not... I don't know, they're not edgy enough yeah. to get the... You know, get eyes on them. Do you okay. know what I mean? They're not talking about shanking someone. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's always a big culture in, in, in rap and hip hop. Gang culture. Gang culture. Massive. I think definitely uh, over the last couple of years, you know, things that I've been sort of hearing out of America and stuff, I think it's kind of shifting a, a bit. 100%. Um, but then I feel like I feel like it's not. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's certainly two different types. Like that gangster rap still not. You saw what happened, like in the nineties, when gangster rap was a big thing. Like, so they've got a pretty good made, control over that. It made a big difference yeah. on the street. Like, the street became a lot more dangerous. Yeah, do you know what I mean? If you're talking about that shit all the time, like as I was saying before, you know, you're influenced by that. It's and you're stupid to think that you can just spit bars about doing shit to people and kids that are very impressionable aren't gonna take that and run with it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, they're a voice, and, and especially, you know, you're a young 14-year-old young kid looking up to some of it like that. 100%. You know, you're kind of going to listen. It's going to go on the back of your head. 100%. So I think I think it's important that they do speak their truth. Yeah. And that, like, like they do speak their their um, their um stories through their music. But what they've got to understand is, like, instead of glorifying it, say how shit it actually is yeah. for what it is like my yeah. mate got shanked it was terrible i spent a day in the hospital now yeah. my fucking life's over i got cops in my house knocking on my door yeah raiding me every two weeks like instead of going oh i got all this money i got this i got that how good is this it's not good nah. i've lived that life i'm telling you yeah <laughs> it's it's not good yeah. like yeah you would 100 percent take a nine to five over pushing weight on a weekend trust me trust me 100 it's called honest money. Yeah. And that's why it's called honest money. So you can feel proud about it when you hundred percent. Yeah. So let's um I mean let's let's talk about your music and, w- and what you've brought out, man. So let's talk about your inspirations. First of all, you've mentioned, you know, Canberra Boy growing up. You've yeah. you've always been writing rhymes, you know, relocated to the eastern suburbs. I suppose, yeah, you felt kind of like you feel like you couldn't do what you want really wanted to do obviously being in that locker room culture um now you know you've got this newfound confidence and you and you started releasing some music um where are you drawing your inspiration from my inspiration is probably and and maybe who it's not who it's more of a message when i look at inspiration it's sort of style stylistically i like method man big l okay andre 3000 great i love the i love the groovy shit yeah as well as bars yeah and also like if you're talking about a group i love jurassic five like yeah. you know different yeah different cool bars mad bass lines yeah because it's produ- production for me as well so that's where yeah you you see that and you're like so with my boom bap shit it'll be like that style okay big l um nas yeah that's sort of, that's my uh, boom bap stuff. So when you say boom bap, what's that? Just the yeah, okay, yeah, just like that. Like that's just like old school, old school, like low BPM, like yep. eighty to ninety. Okay, BPM. Um, but then like these days, there's like UK, which is like I'm really, I'm gonna drop a bomb. Like no one's done this genre yet, and I think I think it's about to blow, and I'm gonna try and be the first to do it. Yeah. But it's it's drum and bass. Okay. So it's drum and bass, but it's it's called skank and bass. Skank and bass. So it's, you know, like grind blew up, which was like Stormzy, all that. That's yeah. blown up. So yeah. That, that's blown up and gone. Okay. All right. The 
things with trends, especially with hip hop, it comes and goes. Yeah, massively. But boom bap is always the bottom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Boom bap's always the foundation of hip hop. Okay. Yeah. So, as far as what I'm gonna try and do, I'm gonna try and uh, I don't even wouldn't say start a trend because in UK like garage and stuff starting to come back. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and jump on it because I love that shit. Yeah, and I suppose that's. That's where it starts, man. When you're doing something that you love and you enjoy, then that's the authenticity. That's keeping it real. That's, um, you know, it's easy to get up in the morning to want to do that. 100%. Yeah, right. And it's long hours, man. Like, I still work. Yeah, of course, I haven't worked for the last two months. Thank you, Centrelink. (laughs) (laughs) You SK. It's the first time I've ever copped it. (laughs) Dead set. Thank God we have that, man. That's what it's for. Dead set. It would have been a real, real hard time going through COVID if we didn't have something back to fall back on. Yeah, I... Yeah, man. I mean, even my experience from it, um, you know, I mentioned to you before, got the the building company and and when that shit dropped, I, I, I freaked out, man. I freaked out and I was, I was in a position that I hadn't been in a very long time, you know, yeah. and that position was not in control. I didn't have control. No control at all. So I'm sitting there going, fuck, what am I going to do? You know? And I think, you know, especially a lot of the people around me and, you know, thank, you know, shout out to them f- for supporting me through that, that time. And I was free. Yeah. I was really freaking out. I didn't know what to do. I mean, the last two years of putting a business together and then all of a sudden it can be taken away like that. That's it. Imagine like the people that lost their job, that just got a mortgage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and people are still. I mean, I can speak for myself. I've been pretty fortunate to, to sort of turn things around, but there's yeah. there's people out there that are still struggling, man. Hundred like, percent. A lot of people have gone. You know, the government went too hard. The government shouldn't be dropping this. So the government's putting too much money into here. But fuck, they've they, they needed to. They needed to. It was like a, I don't know, like lives are always sink more or swim, right? Yeah, lives are always more important than money at the end of the day. Hundred percent. But what you're like it's but money like not having money also kills people massively like massively i mean men, the mental health mental health that's 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 massive massive i mean so. i think um i mean i don't know the statistics and i'm talking you know bro bro university here mm. but like <laughs> i think i think it was like five times yeah i heard on a podcast yeah. they were saying in a in a state in cap in a, a town oh, um, they were saying instead of having like one or two a week, it yeah. went to like five a day. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. Heaps, heaps. and I think it was in this small town as well. And that's the states, um, but obviously that sort of translated to 100%. Australia. It'd be the same here. And you, you, you know, you don't hear that stuff being thrown around. Not at all. That's that's something I actually really, really take pride in, and what I'm going to probably start pushing in my music. Yeah. About, about mental health, man, 100%. Oh, mate, I think it's 100%. the more people talk about it, the better off it's going to be. I mean, I think we've all at one way, uh, at some stage or another, gone through our battles. Um, and, you know, and I keep referring back to that sort of culture that we grew up when, when we were younger, especially in the, in, the, in the locker room. It was, you know, you couldn't really talk about stuff like that. So, you know, I, spe- uh, I know a lot of us, you know, me included, kind of held all that shit in yeah. and tried to deal with it by myself, which was just doing it. Makes it worse. Massively. Way worse. Way worse. And I think things have changed in the last three or so years, but it's still got a, a long, long, long way, to way to go. Very, I mean, very long way. Will we ever get there? I don't know. But, you know, I think the more and more people talk about it, um, you know, certainly the better it's going to be. 100%. I think there's a lot of things that we can change in the system. Something like, like 
we're on the topic of police at the moment, we may as well jump on it. Like, yeah. if you're talking about, like, mental health, like, and someone that's obviously got a mental health issue, why is it a police officer with a gun and a badge rocking up to, to deal with that? I feel like there's, like, a hundred different ways that we can go around it. Like, instead of locking them up and putting them on a way, like... Fuck, man. I mean, I haven't really looked at it like Think that, but, it, you, but you're right. I mean... Because they just lock them up, throw them away. When a, when you're getting confronted by a police officer, <laughs> it makes it it's al- it's almost you feel like you're doing something wrong. 100%. So then you go, "There's something wrong." And then all of a sudden, you're put in a cell, and then you know maybe then gone and checked in somebody somewhere. Take you're you just to the going, hospital, check you in, and you're still in handcuffs. And you're sitting here going, "Fuck, hang on, I just <laughs> lost my job, and yeah. I'm feeling really bad about it." I'm. I've actually just had ten seconds or ten minutes of rage. Yeah. And now I'm getting treated like an animal. And you think, and, and that's that's definitely something that's apparent in in, in Sydney culture for 100%. sure. It's just easier to just put somebody, put somebody away. I know, and it's it's almost like we don't have the resources to deal with it properly. Yeah, but we do. I, like I think we do. We I do, think we do. But we're in in a fucking ec- economic discussion. People will never say that there's enough money to push for that. Yeah. As much as we try, as much as we jump on Instagram and say, you know, mental health, mental health, mental health, there hasn't been a single step in the right direction from policy to make a difference. Do you think, you know, it has to be like that? What do you mean? Do you think, you know, people are meant to be down here and people people are meant to be up here? There's, there's, there's meant to be... A hundred percent. I think the, the biggest issue that society faces at the moment isn't isn't what the media is telling us. The media is pushing us apart so that we forget the fact that economy runs everything, right? Yeah. So we have a class issue where if you're born and raised in a certain area, you're lower class and it's very hard for you to, very hard to, to, to get out of that. You got, you know, your dad doesn't work, your mum doesn't work. Yeah. Like where's your, where's your drive? I think like... Well, zoning. Zoning. Just fucking schools, man. Yeah. If because I because I live in this suburb, I can't go to school in that in that suburb over there. Yeah. What? Because you know my parents are paying three hundred dollars rent in a housing commission house, and they own their five million dollar house. I can't go to that school because it's over capacity. Man, I've seen like how to fix it. Canberra Canberra is laid out as much shit as you want to talk about the city. They've got something really right. Is there's housing commission in most suburbs? Yeah. In the rich suburbs, in the bad suburbs. Spread it all around. Spread it around so that you're then mixed with different people. You catch the bus with different people. Yep. Like some of my friends, you know, they were in housing commission and stuff. And they were hanging out with with us boys. Parents are all working class. I was probably middle to low class. Yep. But, man, like just, just just the mixing gives you opportunity in itself if you if you're all pushed into one corner there's no there's no one can gain anything off anyone yeah do you know what i mean like there's nothing to gain i suppose as a as a child as kids as well you you know you don't see how much people earn you know that doesn't even cross your bloody mind exactly exactly right so man something that didn't good in, in canberra was that and why do you think it hasn't gone everywhere I think else? Because it's certainly not here in Sydney. I honestly think 
for people that live in the nice suburbs will not allow it. Yeah. You know, you got you got the rich Karens, you got the <laughs> the rich Derricks. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want anyone of anything else living anywhere near them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. why they push them to the outskirts. That's why it's always sanctioned into a certain area. Yeah. And then everyone is up in Long Beach sipping martinis like da 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 da. They're not going to allow it. There's no way. No way. There's no way. It's interesting to look at like that. Man, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand and dead set. It makes a difference. At least gives them the opportunity to meet people. Yeah. That aren't just about, you know, the same area, street life. I think that's crime. where it should start too in the, in the schooling system, yeah? 100%. And I feel like that's that's what's a lot of the problem in America as well is the fact that everything's just pushed to one side and yeah. it's just like, all right, that's just a shithole, everything else separate. And like, of, of course, the crime statistics are going to be off off the radar on that side and quiet on that side. So let's let's keep talking about, you know, America. What What are your thoughts on what's going on over there at the moment? Like, I mean, let's start at this COVID thing. <sighs> Man... My head, my hands been in my face <laughs> a lot. Yeah, especially when they started rioting about not rioting, but when they started um, protesting, staying inside. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously they needed to stay inside. There's been over a hundred hundred thousand people die. Yeah, <laughs> like something needed to happen. But <laughs> I mean, I think and and I, I had a, a guy on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and we were chatting about it before, and he he thought it was, you know, when you take all of these people, when you take all of these people, it's already hard to find a job over there, oh right? Oh, man, it's probably 10 times worse. And then you know. tell everybody to, s- to stay inside, eventually that's going to crack. Uh, and that's, I honestly reckon that's what's fueled these riots, man. That's yeah. why it's kicked off so hard because everyone's been pent up. And it's just an excuse to go out. 100%. 100%. Why do you think, so, I mean, obviously... You know, this p- police brutality thing's been happening for, for a long time. Why do you think this George Floyd, Floyd guy is a diff- any different to a, anybody else that's been killed? Or do you really think that was just, that was a point where everyone, want, we need to get outside, we need to do something. It's breaking, breaking point. point. Yeah. 100%. Like, it's been going on for years, man. Yeah. And especially even since social media. Like, we've seen everyone. We've yeah. seen them all. We've seen the gunshots. We've seen the stranglings. It's not just a, re- like... It's not just a black and white issue. It's a non-stop issue. It's an issue that we have here in Australia with Aboriginal people in, yep. in, in custody. It's it's just the whole police state that is going on at the moment. I, like we live in the one of the safest societies and it's been getting safer since I was a kid. Yeah. Onwards getting safer and safer, but yet police presence is going up. And I don't think they're related like because the cops are up as to why it's safer yeah i think socially you know we dob ourselves in we got a phone do you know what i mean like it's not you, there's no you can't be off the grid anymore so well, you can't get away with anything anymore and that's i mean and and i mean we can we can go down this this bloody rabbit hole and i love talking so 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 talking about you know coming getting off the grid um in today's society in today's culture with the way technology is going if you don't have an iphone or if you don't have a smartphone you know 
can hardly even get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, <laughs> all right, if you go off the – wow, this is so weird. If you go off the grid, you, you can technically not make legal money. So you can't say just you're completely off the grid, just you go, you know what, I'm going to live off the land. Fuck all my materialistic things. I'm just going to live off the land. Yeah. Eat food. But at the same time, you're still going to need a job or something to be able to buy things that you need. Like yeah. I'm sure you can barter or whatever, but that, you know what I mean? It's not going to get that far. How do you obtain a job in today's society where you can't even just log on online? Yeah. online, apply online. You can't. <laughs> you literally can't. <laughs> you go to an internet cafe, but then you're doing it anyway. So the, I, what I think is happening is we're slowly and slow, slowly, slowly, slowly getting to the point where where we'll be totally controlled by this phone. And you know, and I've seen you know videos of people put get um you know employees putting in um, microchips. Willingly yeah. themselves yeah, into their wrists. I saw that as well. And that where they go and they just scan it and work, and that's it. I think that's that's. I mean, it's always been in the back of our minds for, for a long time. It, eventually, it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to put a chip in yourself. I mean, essentially, this is a bloody microchip. Yeah, it is. It's basically the same thing. Like, we have access to absolutely everything, anything. This like is your you, identity. You I've got, got my cards, license. I've got you my got license in here. You've got your cards. Like, all a very fickle system that could be cracked and taken. It's and it's. I, th- I mean, it's very. It's it's pretty. It's fucking scary, man. It's very scary, man. It's very scary, especially. I don't know, like, sp- like there's card scammers and stuff overseas where they, they can just walk past you, brush past you, and then it takes your card details, and then they run. There'll be like someone with a, a card maker, yeah, and it'll scan. It'll make the barcode, and then they put it in the ATM machine. Because overseas, some of them don't. Some countries overseas don't have the chip, yeah. So the reading chips like only for certain countries. Some countries are just barcode, yeah. So they read the code, and then they can write the bar, like write the code on the on the card. Go to the ATM, pull out all your money, throw the card away, walk past someone, and just continually do that. And that like that's. And you're sitting here with a four-pin code with your bank card behind your phone, and you're just like, "No, nah, it's we'll be right." Do you know what I mean? Like it's massively, man, <laughs> massively. And you know, like, and I and I say this to people all of the time, like, it's like I run my business off my phone. Yeah, you, know, you like, have to. And and you know, and and I love that I can call a client, I can email a client, I can send plans, I can update. For me, having that access there. I mean, and it certainly se- separates me from you know older builders as well, and especially with the way technology going, people people are drawn into it. So 100%. essentially, it's become such a vital part of my business yeah. that I can't go back from it now. No, no way. No if I way. if I handed somebody a twelve month plan on a piece of paper, they'd look at me and go, <laughs> "What the fuck am I meant to do with this?" <laughs> can't even read your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Are kids even learning how to write yeah. in in school? It's all it's laptops. It's almost not even needed now. It's so strange. Laptops and iPads. It would be. It was It was almost like that when I was at school. And I look at, I mean, I've always, you know, I've got quite nice handwriting, not to, you know, big note myself. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Yeah, right. so, so, but, I, I, you know, I look at a lot of people that I grew up with or even kids these days and their handwriting isn't like. Looks like they're drawing pictures. I wonder if it's. 
You should you should definitely Google that. Let me Google that. And see if it's going down. Because I remember when I was at school, you had to get your pen license. It was it was the most gangster thing in primary school to get your pen license. But you had to you had to draw cursive. You had to you had to do a lot of writing. Like writing Absolutely. was a massive thing. Well, you, it, it was. I, I'm pretty sure you had to do it to pass. Yeah. So handwriting. Let's see. I mean, I, I type in handwriting, the first thing to come up is how to improve handwriting in primary school. So, you know. <laughs> it's obviously an issue. <laughs> so it's obviously an issue. Han- okay, well, handwriting or keyboarding in private schools, Victoria, like. Yeah. So the fact that it's an option now, which way to go, mm. it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, that's going to be a thing of the past. And if you're thinking about, like, internet and how fickle it is, you look at, like, China at the moment doing little little attacks on our and our systems on businesses right now in politics do you know this no so china at the moment have been hacking big business in australia just to fuck around with them just because of all this stuff since covid it just goes to show like internet could one day be gone just and then it's going to take a couple years to get back so what's going to happen if that internet goes for a bit we get hacked or i've got it's funny you say that because i've got a um, a mate of mine who works for a pretty reputable Australian company. I won't name names, yeah. but um, that's under attack. Yeah, constant. Like and, and constant. And they got on top of it, and then it, then it happened again. And yeah. they, and we're talking big threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like big threats. Like loss of millions and millions of dollars, and like like a company that's been established for prob- for a very long time may have to foreclose. Yeah, just because all of the the backing, all of the backup, all of the data, all of the all of the accounts, all of that, like, do you know how, like, it's taken thousands and thousands of hours just to get that and yeah. put it in a hard drive stored for information for your clients or for anything. That gets hacked. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Literally. <laughs> you got to start again. It's like in Canberra, there was this building. It was an ASIO building. Yeah. All right. So to, like, working construction a few of my mates worked on this asio building yeah i think it's pretty well known about this um <laughs> better be otherwise i'll probably go missing <laughs> 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 by the way everyone was telling everyone about everything so the yeah. whole system was wrong like yeah um so it was an asio building specialized in you know that's our secret service ASIO, yeah asio for, for those that don't know is the yeah the australian secret service similar to the you know the fbi or the cia sort of thing <laughs> and it's, it just blows my mind how like we live in this society where like most people wouldn't even know that in yeah. australia that is yeah like, it's like yeah they're, they're the ones that stop people bombing us they're the ones that intercept things they're the ones that anyway so they were building this building massive building massive building in 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 campbell in act for anyone that knows and um just to work there to walk in you had to you know scan all that secret fucking bullshit put your phone down like you can't Gone are the days you have to knock on the door a couple of times. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> so they'll walk in, you scan, put your phone in. You'd ha- you couldn't take your phone to take photos to work there. Um, just say like, you know, a building site, right? So everything's sectioned. You could only get the plans the day of you commencing the work. So they wouldn't give you the plans. Beforehand. A couple of days before so you can buy fittings or so that you can get ready to do a certain thing rock up that day they'd give you the plans and then you could do it and then they take the plans back off you so they were they were doing this for so long so long and it was about six seven months into it turns out china hacked the blueprints of the asio building 
and turns out they know absolutely everything about it they know the communications they know the blueprints they know the the, the secret databases they know everything and it got leaked wow. and then it's just like this is like real like this is a real issue that people like have no idea that even can, happens yeah and it, i reckon it would happen a lot more than we know 100 percent. It's, it's so funny you say that um because i was watching a video today and it was uh, there was a protest going on in melbourne and there was um uh, there was there was a, a bloke i don't know what his name is he, he's a political you know one of those guys nothing i don't think he's got any qualifications or anything like that he's just running a little youtube channel anyway he's talking to these asian students i think they were chinese and then this older gentleman came over and was like um, basically, in Chinese, told these kids to to go and leave leave not them alone, not the talk to them. Yeah. So so Communist. these kids literally looked at him and then and then went away. And then this guy, very well spoken English, basically said, "You know, don't talk to me, leave me alone. I'm going away." Um, this guy put this video up, and then there was a lot of comments saying, "This guy's a this guy's a spy." Yeah. This yeah. guy's a spy, a Chinese spy walking around telling people um, not to talk to the media, yeah. not to not to let any like that's the whole. And they're, issue out, with they're out everywhere. Yeah, I think there's a Chinatown in every country. Why? Then, yeah, it's like why? I think traditionally they're actually very important. Yeah. As I mean, an economy, like, like, look, man, like without them, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> they buy all our shit. I buy heaps of shit from China. Man, like, otherwise, your our fucking iPhones, if they were made in Australia, would be ten grand. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's, like, that's right. That's a good way to look at it. Like, they're amazing. The things that they do are amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Some of the things no one else can do. I mean, I look at, um, for a while there, I was looking at, you know, starting a business where basically importing sort of furniture type, type things. And um, the reality of it was if I was get it to, get, to get it made here, <laughs> yeah, I would never make any money on it. But no. if I brought it from China, shipped it over, and I'm talking big things, yeah, big yeah. bulky things, expensive to ship as well. And then, and then I could mark it up like you know four, five hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'd still make a pretty, pretty margin on it. So, you, so it makes you wonder how much money you know people are fucking making these Chinese, and and they've still got to make money on it over there too. Bro, the, the thing is, like over there, the thing with communism is. So your big corporations aren't separate to yeah. government. They're not separate. They're like you're part of the, the the Chinese fucking government if you have a big corporation. So like Huawei or something, right? They directly talk to their fucking their government about everything. If you're in the if you're in the American government, you can't have fucking TikTok on your phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's what I mean. It's like. Like some of these things, like it's really it's scary, man. Because I feel like even though we still live in a free world, free country, we're getting censored, and censorship is like the beginning. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, talking about fascism. That's like the start of fascism when they stop telling you you can speak freely. Yeah. That's like the uh, that's the start of it. It's the start of the control. I'm sounding like a fucking. Nothing. Conspiracy theorist, but it's true. No, 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 it's no, no, dead no. set true. It, it, I think it needs to be spoken about, and that's me. You know, even if it's just me and you not listening, but I think it's um, yeah, these are the, these are the platforms to be sort of talking about it. One hundred percent. 
It's pretty crazy thing. I mean, you personally, where do you see? Let's talk. Let's take te- technology. Where do you see technology being in, let's say, five years? I love this subject so much. All right. Um. So if you follow Elon Musk, his new uh, what's it called? Neuralink. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he. That's fucking scary. He's, he's like months away from fucking having it finished. Months. And he was on Joe Rogan. I listened to it. Yeah. And he was talking about the fact that once he gets that, he could potentially cure uh, eyesight, paralysis, paralysis, eyesight, um, MS, <laughs> a lot of things. And that's man. crazy to think about. So he reckons that once. But you're ro- you're you're over. Yeah. Well, uh, essentially, we are still already. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Phones. Yeah. Carrying around something and give us answers like it's something we've got the access to information <laughs> you know in a mean? matter of seconds. <laughs> I couldn't imagine living without it. Like it's well, you can't. That's right. I, I think I, I couldn't. I couldn't live without it. Imagine how but dumb how we'd bad be. is that? You'd be you'd be trapped in your environment. Whatever you're around is what you know. People, you can only learn off people in yeah. that way. And that's that's the same thing going back to what we're talking about. If you're put in a situation where you're surrounded with the same minded people you can't really grow from outside you can't really grow outside of that and i feel like with this neurolink what he was saying is say for instance um say our brain can only take in say 10 gigabyte for an hour of information he reckons once you put neurolink in you'll be able to have a terabyte in a second so instead of instead of having to think about something it'll come to you and it'll come up maybe it might be a screen it might be a something who knows do you but you'll have direct access to the internet would you get it 100 percent. you the, would i'm the first i'm the first to get it so they come out with a trial and they say um they give everyone an trial. no i'm not trialing <laughs> but they, they will you're gonna have yeah, to be well, a human well, trial well, what what happens is he said um when he finally finishes it he'll have a long list of you know, people that are paralyzed. So he, he reckons for the next five, six years, he'll try it on the he'll only be first. allowed to do it. To like, he'll only like there'll just be a line out the door for yeah. people that have problems. They're that gonna need do help, it, yeah. They need th- help. And then he so in five years' time, he reckons it will be accessible. So you, for the public. Okay, so you're so you, so here's a scenario for you. you: get this Neuralink, right? Say you're um say you're say you're a paraplegic. All of a sudden, this Neuralink comes along. We're talking, what's it, twenty twenty now? We're talking twenty thirty. All of a sudden, you can walk again. You can, yeah. But you'll sit in your room, and then you feel like something else Twitching. is controlling you. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's the next thing you're talking about hacking. If you have something, if you can hack a, a Fortune five hundred company now, now, yeah, you could definitely control someone's 100%. body. Percent. So why would you give yourself? <laughs> why would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Why crazy, would you do it's that? It's crazy to think about it like that, but yeah, you're right. You're dead set, right? That's what they think about the Tesla cars. Like that'll be the next. Well, Ima- imagine a terrorist attack of someone controlling a car and just driving through people, it's, and it's the driver possible. can't stop it. So where do you draw the line? I mean, me personally, and it's very easy for me to say, but I think I don't. I mean, I, I don't think I'd ever want something like that in me. Yeah, because there's always a chance it will be hacked, and I think it's inevitable. Hundred percent. It's gonna. But in saying that, imagine the power. Imagine how strong and smart you'd be. 
there'll be a t- there'll be two different types of people. <laughs> I know there'll be people with it and not, and that's that's going to create another class separation. Is people that can afford it and people that can't. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think about this shit a lot, man. <laughs> like a lot. I mean, it's always something that's sits in the back of my mind and you know especially being around technology all the time i yeah. suppose you don't really see it i mean as soon as a new iphone comes out i'm like oh, i've got to have that Bang. i don't even think about it i've got to have that new iphone yeah what what's really crazy is you know this costs a thousand dollars right or whatever it may be i go to um i go to bali and you know there's kids <laughs> there's kids on the side of the road picking up scraps but they're all walking around with iphones yeah they still got one how crazy is that? That's how crazy is that? Yeah, it's the same as in America, man. Everyone in America, ha- and you get there's people that live off the street. They've got iPhones. They've got, they got access. iPhones, man. I don't know how. I don't know how. It's just it's a necessity now. It just proves like exactly what we we're talking about before. You can't live without it. Nah. Without it, you you're done. You can't. And the, I think you know these 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 uh, bigger. Bigger uh, governing bodies are like just sort of <laughs> infiltrating these these people with these phones, so they can be a part of it all. A hundred percent. Also, they can eventually so they can make money off them. Well, what eventually, mo- what, what are, these people don't have any money. Yeah, but you like the small amount of money that they do, they're, they're still getting it. They're still getting advertisements. They're still buying products. You yeah. know, they're still getting controlled in a certain way. I met a guy. Uh, I was in Bangkok. Uh, we're talking maybe four or five years ago and um i mean the guy could have been talking shit let's just (laughs) for conversation's sake you know i'm i've been partying for three or four days i probably would have believed anything so anyway i met this guy and he was um so i used to go over with a team and a rugby team called the new zealand legends right we'd sit in this pub called mulligans which is on um soy 11 um downtown bangkok um it was an Irish pub, and anyway, this guy had stumbled in. This Asian, no, he was an Indian guy actually, and um, and he was. He told us he was. We're having a few beers, and he started loosening up, you know, having a, having a good time. And he told us that he was working for Samsung, and basically, we got him, you know, pissed enough that he was having a having <laughs> a fun time. And and I still remember him saying, you know, um, so somehow we got talking about phones listening to you and he goes yeah we've been doing it for years years man years i've been onto that for years man you talk about it and then an ad will come up or you google search something and then you go into instagram it's the first thing you see yeah that's that's the thing and that's what i think also has sunk facebook in the last couple of years because we've clued onto the fact that they're selling our data did you watch that docker yeah it's fucked the whole thing's fucked and he goes he goes to court and he's just like doesn't say yes, doesn't say no, doesn't agree to it because it's ma- it's making him millions. Because what was the um? Because at the end of the day, that's all media is. It's 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 a way to draw eyes. Yeah. And then companies go, okay, there's say fifteen thousand people watching this, an ad is worth this much. And then the person that's shooting that isn't making much money, so of course you're going to take that that money extra if you've got it if you can draw eyes. It was quite interesting. Um, I was probably about three weeks into this, and um, the cat's playing silly buggers. But um, three weeks into this, and I'd got a message from a lady in America already who, uh, about um, advertising on here. Straight up, and I was like, at first, I was like, oh wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, did you look um, into the product? 
so it was an e-book. Yeah. She wouldn't tell me what the e-book was before she'd seen all my um, my data. Yeah, and she, and I don't even know how you that you could check how many people listen to this shit. Yeah, um, so I had no idea. But she was like, "Send me this form. Send me this form. Um, we're interested. We like your concept." There has to be an algorithm for it. There must be. There's no way someone sits at a computer. Because I've had people in the States, like friends in the States, try and search us and it hasn't even come up, but only the last couple of days it's come up. But this yeah. podcast's been live for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, um, it's strange the way things work and the way like things certain like certain things get banned in certain countries and censorship and it makes you think why are they doing it there and why aren't they doing it here? Well, that's the thing. You know? What do they know that they and like what what are we getting censored and we don't know about like some some rappers that i follow sometimes they get shadow banned i can't even find them on instagram really yeah and they got hundreds of thousands of followers same as comedians some some famous comedians you you search their name well, and you can't find them and they're like the most famous comedians in the world i put a video shadow banned i i copied a video off like screen recorded video off instagram oh no fuck where was YouTube the other day and went to put it on my Instagram and within seconds I got a Bang message back. going, you, you you don't own this video, you can't do it. I'm like, oh, especially because it's monetized. Yeah, and it's the same with music. This is what in my production I never use samples. Okay, I, like it scares the shit out of me. Imagine you know, you make a song, you use a sample. Ten yeah. years later, <laughs> they're after forty percent of every dollar that you've made from music. Just like that. Just eh? like that. Like look at um. What's the song? Um, Come from a land down under. Yeah. That ding ding is like a, a an Australian song. It's like an Australian. Um, I don't know what it's what it's called. It's like an old school uh, nursery rhyme. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they fucking lost so gum much money over tree. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sitting in an old gum tree. Da, 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 and they took that. And it wasn't until twenty fifteen or fourteen that they're like, you know what? You owe me this much money, <laughs> and oh. like, could you imagine? Like, it's <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of cash, and it's so much. It's almost after. like when you think of Australia, you think of that song. Hundred percent. I um it scares the shit out of me. So I get hit up for a, you know, like yourself, a big big muso fan, and um you know I'm always getting hit up with people. That cat loves that cat. <laughs> <laughs> Just likes caps like his dad. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Same, <man>. <laughs> so <laughs> no cap. Um, so, oh, fuck, what was I saying? Who was that? What was I talking about? Australian oh. nursery rhyme. Uh, you, you're oh, music, music, fan. music fan. Music yeah, yeah, fan. yeah, yeah. So sorry, guys, I was losing it. Um, so I was like, oh, why don't I just start a like a little radio show where I just like play tracks back to back, talk a little bit about it. Like that was yeah. my sort of concept. And everyone was like, you can't do that. I was like, what do you mean? That's the, th that's the thing with something that is so artistic, man. People are the first to shit on it. Yeah. It's like first to shit on it. But le but legally, if I was to say, if I was to... Oh, yeah, as in like copyright wise. Like literally I was yeah. going to sit here and like, I mean, I've got like, just <laughs> for instance, you'll have a laugh about this, but like... Oprah, Walter. <laughs> I just got. I brought. I put all these sound bites on here. <laughs> um, anyway, I put all these sound bites on here. But like, I'm sure. Like, you can't do that. 
Um, maybe, yeah. But like, it even could get in trouble, yeah. Even I was just gonna play tunes and then have a ch- chat about the song or whatever and and get into it. But I think everything it, I read was like, you can't do this, you can't do this. Yeah, I think there's like a big line where you know you can say what song it is, and it's like, it's sort of like pushing the song. Yeah. So it's that's what I thought it'd be promoting it. That's the thing. There's a there's a fine line between that and using that content as making money for yourself and yeah. using that like making money off the back of someone else's art yeah okay so you wouldn't be able to do that it's it's a strange strange thing man very strange well they do it for a reason i suppose it's yeah. all money well that's it and it's always the the record labels and the, the people that own the masters and the people that are in control and the people that are ruining the music industry man like they can get fucked bro. yeah they can they can seriously get fucked like all the managers of rappers in in the past have, yeah. have completely fucked everyone over. Same, it's literally the same thing happening now. Like these days in in Australian music culture, like it's very hard to get anywhere unless you're signed by a big label. But in doing so, when you sign by a big label, you're also then selling a lot of your rights to your music. So then you don't own it, and it's fucking. Oh shit! Oh no, we've been sweet. I thought it stopped, but. Um, but yeah, it's scary, man. That sort of thing. Like, if you sell or if you sign, some deal like deals are obviously all different. But yeah. the gist of it is, all right, I'm going to sign to this record deal. They're going to pay me a certain amount. I'm going to put that aside. They're going to pay me a big amount so that I can focus on music full time. But you know, they then own the music that you create. They, they put you through through the um studios that they want to use it might you might be lapping up a big bill that you don't even know about and then they hit you up for the and money later they hit you up for it like it happened to one of my friends i'm not going to say what um what label yeah because sign me <laughs> but uh, like not really but who was a rapper uh sit it i won't even say, <laughs> I won't even say his name there's <laughs> <laughs> no, a rapper from canberra yeah, anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah. he 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 um eventually he got signed and he, that, he was one of my like good friends. We used to rap together. I used to hang out a lot. Yeah. One of my one of my good good friends was like best mates with him, and um, he got on pretty good with Triple J. Started getting a lot of radio play, and then bro, get this. I got, actually, I'm gonna. I don't know if I can tell this story, but so he Ice Cube ended up coming over. So remember, like years ago when Ice Cube came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he eventually he was on the undercard for that. For Ice Cube, for I think Huge. I think it was Brisbane and Sydney or whatever. So the label signed him. He's doing all this stuff, staying in first class. I mean, yeah, flying for first class and staying in like five-star hotels, racking up a bill, not even realising that at the end of the day after the tour, they then expect you out of your music to make that money back and that's a bill that you have to pay them back from your music streams, from... from the things so yeah, right it that's was, how it works well i don't know if it's all like that obviously everything's different and i think the climate the climate's changing now for the better yeah because you can do shit like this There's you a know lot of independent shit happening now isn't there yeah so it's easier to promote your music yourself yeah and it, it, like he ended up having to fucking go back to work do you know what i mean like Dropping fucking fried chicken in the in the oil. Shout out Kingsley's in Canberra, the best chicken in the world. <laughs> it's the fucking best. 
But um, yeah, like just seeing that firsthand, I was like, fuck, man. I thought there was snakes in the building industry. Wow. Wow, man. Seriously. They're everywhere. Everywhere. So it's, it's sort of... Sorry, carry on. Nah, it sort of just opened my eyes to like what labels are about. Sure, they're like, they're very, they're very good. You know, you get signed, you can get gigs, you can get on f- things, you can, I mean, get on um, festivals, you can get on shows, you can get on gigs. Yeah. They do your marketing, they do your recording, they, like everything, all your music will go through the roof. Yeah. But at the end of the, end of the day, I'm more of a hands-on person. Like, I want to be in control of my shit. Yeah. I've been coached in rugby. You I don't want to be like. coached in music. Yeah. I don't want to be told, hey, bring that snare down. Oh, you know what? You know, compress that, compress that kick a bit more. It's just, no, man. I want it to sound how I want it to sound, and that's it. Yeah. And if no one likes it, no one likes it. That's like, it. Like, I'm not making it. You can anyone. walk away from it and be like, nah, that's me. That's it. It's exactly right. So you mentioned um you mentioned Triple J before. Um what? <laughs> soft spot i hate him but i love him but i hate him you hate him you love him yeah i've listened to him every day on site yeah since i was an apprentice and i've just seen it slowly slowly just go downhill in a direction do you think um no and i and and it's funny that you say that because i heard somebody call up a while ago um and it was like basically triple this dude's like oh mate fucking triple j's changing triple j's losing it and but then somebody else called up it's like man you're just old you're not with the times anymore so there's probably two ways that you can look at it 100 percent. Right? like i understand that like meme meme culture is like the way so yeah when i was uh you know 18 they had comedians on in the morning massively yeah How fucking funny as fuck oh t- like I remember Tom and Alex. That was my Tom first Alex, introduction. Yeah. You know, you listen to the Doctor and the Arvo. Exactly. And, and this, this is this is like as a that mu- was my Triple J. Exactly. It? As a musician, like the Doctor was the best part of Triple J because yeah. he he knew the music industry, he knew the musos, he knew the bands. He used to just call bands up and they'd call, "Hey, Doctor, yeah. how are you?" And you you get like an insight. Whereas these days, meme culture, I understand. Like like the kids, they want something different. They don't want that personal shit. They just want a fucking a thirty second click. Thirty second, yeah. Thirty second click, and then bang, they're moving on to the next subject, and that's that's what's changed. So I understand like this old young shit. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a generation. Like, man, I grew up with no phone. Yeah, but I also grew up with phones. I also play PlayStation every fucking night. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it. It's it's funny that we can say that, eh? Yeah, it's like, you know. I remember when it was when, I, when you didn't have to have phones, you know, yeah. you just tell your mate you're going to be there and you turn up. <laughs> <laughs> it was shit. <laughs> Don't let any of those old fuckers tell you it was better. It was shit. I lived with both. It was terrible. You had to call someone's house and their the mum would answer and you're like, scat, you weren't even meant to be friends with him. I, I used to do the um, 1-800 reverse and just leave yeah. like a two second. I'd be like, mum, pick me up at shops and then be, be over, you know? Man, I'm telling you, it's life's gotten a lot easier. Well, here, here's this. I, I did a show uh, off the back of The Bachelorette um, with ABC called You Can't Ask That. Um, basically, what they do is they take stereotypes and they just break them down, which was, it was a really good experience for me. Um, so following that, just to, to do a bit of promotion for the show, we went into Triple J. Um, I think I messaged you. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was meaning to say it. I messaged you. <laughs> I was listening to you. I did. I remember. Um, like quickly, quickly. 
I was driving. She, but read, I was, she read that to yeah, me. Yeah, she actually. read it. She's like, uh, Fieldsy from <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. one thing, um, oh, thanks, bro. Thanks for the support. Nah, but <laughs> I was backing you up. <laughs> I, um, I, anyway, went in there and had a good chat. I think the guys at the time were, uh, there's two young kids anyway. Um, and it was, it was, yeah, it was a cool experience. Obviously, same as you growing up with Triple J, yeah. you know, um, big fan of like a version. Um, so Massive. when, so when I'm in there, I was talking to, I can't even remember who it was, um, but a band was coming in later that day, and this was, it was like a Thursday. Yeah, it's pre-recorded. It's, pre- it's pre-recorded. Yeah, it's not this, live. I knew this a while ago. That's the thing. This is what trips me out, man. Like, so when they record it, they say, "Okay, going to the text line." <laughs> 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 but it's like a week ago. I know. I know. <laughs> and then when they go to the text line, this is how radio works. They go to the text line and then they shut off the video or, or the audio yeah. from that day, and then they reply to the text, and then they go back to the back to the video and continue. Dude, it's crazy. And here I am sitting there that are thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get a reaction yeah. text in it. Yeah, no, hack's the only one that's live. I think. Like, yeah. Oh, and you know, they're still on a delay, but. Hacks pretty live. The, I like mean, the, super live. The radio, the morning show was live when I was in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, but like a version's definitely not. Nah, not at all. How heartbreaking is that? I know. How many takes do they do? I need to know. I need to know answers. Oh, I've, one well, day, one day I'll be there. I've got, uh, I've got someone coming up in a couple of weeks who's going to be able to give us a, a good indication on what's that. So, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll write that question down, man. But um, please do because like. Sometimes it seems like they've done it three or four times. You can tell, like, the way yeah. guitarists are looking at each other, like, fuck, let's get it right this time. I've been, it would have, that'd it'd have, have to. to. It'd have to, man. Okay, for, for you to do, I mean, you know, I've listened to a song a, a thousand times and I'm, I've always been known at the back end of a night to, you know, belt out a tune and oh, ha- have a jam, right? Several. I can't. I still fuck that up and I've listened to the song a thousand times. A hundred percent. You know, so imagine them. They have to do it. They definitely do takes, like, and especially with some of those really good singers that, like, I don't know. It's their image. If they fuck it up live. That's it. So so if they if they pitch out on one of them, that 100% would stop, especially some of the overseas people, yeah. overseas acts. Yeah. This is just speculation as well. Of but course. I'm telling you 100%. <laughs> but if they pitch out on something, they're so professional, they'd stop it. Yeah. Straight away, they're going to oh, let's start again to the top. Like, I record music, man. Yeah. You know how long it takes just to get one good take? Oh, I've tried to do it as well and just, you know, oh, fuck this. It's not, it's, like, you can't just pick it up and do it in one take. Nah. It takes hours just to put fucking 16 bars down. Yeah. If you know, like, if you're doing it, if you're perfectionist, which I'm still not, so... But hey, it's only one way to get there, mate. That's practice it. makes perfect. Practice, practice. I'm loving it, so. Hey, we've been uh, we've been dribbling for a while now. <laughs> um, we might uh, might wrap things up, brother. Um, Beautiful. How long was that? I think we've been chatting for at least a, an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you serious? Uh, no, we're at what's it? Seven forty. We're at an hour and twenty. And I'm happy to do this any other time, any time you don't. Yeah, have yeah, anyone. yeah. Hopefully I can evolve and slowly, every time we talk, For sure, get bro. a little step further. Um, do you want to let everyone know what you're doing? Um, you got any new things coming out at the moment or, or can anyone um, expect anything in the in the coming months? Or um, Yeah, so 
on Instagram. It's j.thrill, T-H-R-I-L-L dot W-A-V, wave, like a wave file. Um, if you follow that, I've got some stuff coming like very, very soon, some, some very deep and meaningful stuff, some cool. stuff that's, you know, I feel like it needs to be said, yep. things that aren't really in the environment of Australian hip-hop at the moment, like the important messages aren't being spread at the moment. It's very negative, so I sort of want to do my part and bring out this song that I've been working on for a while. And then I've also got um, a few rappers, a rapper from, uh, from Maroubra Ways, it's called Moose Line produce or produce his stuff so we've got a lot of stuff coming so sweet it's gonna be good next time we talk i'll probably have an ep on the way can't wait man can't wait j thrill man good to see you again anytime cheers guys catch up ladies